Hey, Kaylee. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, but I cannot believe that we got through our ninth year of free Shakespeare in the park. I know. Nine years already. I can't believe ninth it. Ninth consecutive year, too. Yes. I mean, which is unbelievable, Um, too. My yeah. gosh. Yeah, that is quite a feat during COVID. So. Especially. And what was that show that we just did? The Adventures of Pericles. Yes, The Adventures of Pericles. It was very important that we put that adventures in yes. there, I felt, too. Um, how do you think the show went? I think it went super well. Mm -hmm. I was so impressed. We did two weeks this year, which was the first time we've done That's that. That's been something we've been waiting for for a very, well, for eight years, but for a very long time. Yeah, we ended up getting a review for the park, which is really great. We've gotten reviewed for other um other events but having that review for the park was for our crown jewel of the season was kind of uh wonderful is what it was so i'm yeah. very happy to that nancy sasso janice thank you for coming on out um and also for i thought was a really good review um yeah. she liked a lot of it she liked the uh touches that valley shakespeare festival puts on all of our plays mm -hmm. <laughs> um anything we touch <laughs> yeah. uh and you know i think we made more fans of us um mm -hmm. not as many enemies for once um which was great oh i think going to oxford for that second week is was key it, and it was it was so nice you know we love our shelton audiences god mm -hmm. only knows they are fantastic they go along with everything we do <laughs> but i will say going into um that area you know we toured up to southbury we toured up to there it, they're just lovely audiences. They really want those arts. They really want that that human connection. And they were so excited to see us. You could feel it right when I got on stage. You could just feel the love coming across um, the you know the stage threshold um, <laughs> is what you can do. And you know, very few times you feel that um, as a performer. So when you get that in in a performance or you get that in a in an area, you um, you you really embrace it is what you do. So very happy about that. So thank you, uh, Oxford and and Varenz and Quarry Walk. <laughs> Walk. That was such a great spot. I mean, everything was right there for people. We didn't have to worry about food trucks or anything. You have restaurants there. You have an ice cream parlor there. Um, you've got just a beautiful setting. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I was wary of how it was going to work. Remember I said, but yeah. it worked out so super well. Uh, Kathy and Tom, who were there, so mm -hmm. sweet. It was so nice to also have Griffin join us um, as well, Griffin Health, yes. and uh, Valley Community Foundation, of, of course, course. bringing up the bringing it all in. Um, both of those were big, 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 strong supporters. We need more of those stronger supporters. Yeah. But hey, um, Griffin Health and Valley Community Foundation will take you both anytime, uh, which is wonderful. So yeah. Yeah, it, I completely agree. The show up in Oxford, it was just fantastic. I mean, it, like you said, Shelton, great. We've been there for so many years. It runs super well. We have so many great people that come out every single year. Mm -hmm. And they were so happy that we were able to bring it this year. Now, last year, because of the pandemic, we ended up pushing it to September. So I actually did hear a few people missed it last year. So we're happy that they came back this year. Uh, thank you to everyone who came out and has been coming out for so many years. Uh, and we're looking forward to continuing on. So I know that, that uh, COVID restrictions are kind of up and down all over the place, but we, we keep going. We are, yeah. Somehow. We're looking for another show. We're working on some new things. We're so. working on some things for you for the fall and for the yeah. hope and the winter. We'll, we'll see where that lands. Yeah. But definitely the fall. <laughs> we still have a couple of some some nice weather up here um in uh, connecticut still yeah. available to us and we're going to try and use that as much as we can yeah so we also have uh, our patreon set up and we had a couple new people that have joined us so 
if you are a Patreon member, look forward to an extra footage uh, part of this podcast will only be available to, well, we're recording this live on Facebook right now too, just as, to see how that goes. Um, but we are going to release the full episode on Patreon mm-hmm. and the episode will actually, the edited version will go out to our listeners on yep. Spotify and all the other platforms shortly. That we have, yep, yes. along the way, which we have so many. Yeah. So many. It's so yeah. great. Uh, so what I wanted to do for this episode, it's season two. <laughs> yes, this is our season yes. two, second season of the podcast. Yes. Oy. I know. Wow. I can't believe it. We Came started fast. last August and it's mm-hmm. August again. It's just. We're back. Boggles my mind. <laughs> yes. So thank you for sticking with us during the break. Um, we had a lot of things going on for mm-hmm. the summer show. And that's what I want to start with. I want to just go over quick um, what do we do for the summer show as we mentioned in the opening the adventures of Pericles. Mm-hmm. so i want to talk a little bit about how that went and then i want to pivot and talk about shakespeare and his writing style uh because the like you said adventures of pericles is based on pericles that was written by shakespeare and and we yeah. want to talk about that <laughs> as well too. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, the show itself. Uh, it's a I I've loved the show since I was thirteen years old. Uh, as I said, um, I read it in one sitting, um, in a nice wingback chair that my mom had, where I would feel fancy, and she still has that wingback chair, by the way. Um, but I uh, I read it in one day. I don't know what made me. It, it is short, unbelievably, for being an adventure of forty years. It is a short play, um, out of out of the canon. But he, uh, but the the play itself, I think it's just because he goes, I always love things that go on an adventure. Like when I was a kid, I loved Winnie the Pooh. He always went on like a different adventure. When I was a kid, I loved uh, Mary Poppins. It was always a different adventure. Tom Sawyer, he was always on a different adventure. So, uh, and they didn't all have a thorough line to them, but somehow by the end, all those adventures that everybody had gone on kind of made some sort of ending is what it did. And that's what this play, I think, always reminds me of. You know, some of the, you're always like, where's this going to go next? You know, a a writer friend and I were talking about it. Because it goes everywhere. It goes from, you know, him having to escape a riddle that he finds out to almost being put to death. And then he go, then he, you know, gets into a, 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 a shipwreck. From the shipwreck, he finally finds the woman of his dreams and marries her. And then she ends up passing away. But we find out she hasn't really passed away. Um, and then somehow, finally, we go into more about, like, the baby that was born as well, too, on the ship before the queen passes away. And then we go into more of her story. And then finally, by the end, Pericles is reunited with his daughter because his daughter is getting sold up to pirates and slavery and everything else too. Um, but somehow it all comes together by the end and you get this really beautiful um, uh, piece of reconciling um, the entire family because the queen comes too as well. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Well, you, some of you have seen the show. Uh, so, you know, it, it. you wonder how does it all work and I think audiences were really able to follow it. Um, uh, which was great. Uh, and we made it as followable as we could by kind of mixing the old with the new as much as we can. Um, Especially considering that you had to do a lot of cutting down because we wanted to keep it as short as possible so that people didn't sit in the audience for, you know, three hours. And this one we kept down to one act, um, because Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, we didn't want people crowding at bathrooms and, Mm -hmm. and all that. I mean, again, when we start planning this, we usually start planning in about January, February, January, February, we're still being told this pandemic is raging, but looking into the um, into the summer, you know, we kind of were going by what's going on, you know, what what the science is telling us at that point. So we knew we would have to do another one act. Um, this play does cut down to one act. We've 
ran this play before actually for kids um, in about 45 minutes. So we expanded it a little bit to an hour and five-ish mm -hmm. minutes, hour, 10 minutes. Um, and uh, it really did work out very well yeah. uh, for everybody. And we only did it with five actors, uh, which was, that's yes. another part of it. You know, you take five actors all playing different roles and making sure that things, um, that the play is still, uh, you still get the story, you still are understanding who's playing who and who's playing what. And I think nobody really missed the other actors. I think when they were on there, for me at least, it felt like there were 20 actors on stage. <laughs> well, I mean, the dog helped. The dog did help. We did have a dog in the show too. Animals and children, things you shouldn't work with. But yeah, we, yeah. we had it on there. Um, but no, it was really, it really was wonderful. It was wonderful to work with these five actors too. Um, mm -hmm. And our stage manager, um, and also our, t our uh, crew in the back too. They were from Massac High School where I've started working uh, in their theater department yeah. and taking over little by little. Uh, but it was great to be able to do that. We had well the, the mm -hmm. um, costume designer. Yep. And our costume, Ivy, who's came back. So it was fun to work. Everybody really worked together. It was mm -hmm. really a, hey, kids, let's put on a show moment yeah. um, with, you know, wonderful people who I've, I've admired you know, in my career, and I've met along the way in my career, and I was very happy to bring them along with us. And a lot of them it was their first job since the pandemic mm -hmm. has, uh, has gone, uh, had had come in. So it was beautiful to work with them. And a lot of them did say, I don't know, if, you know, doing a, a, a five show person was mm -hmm. the first show to do like coming out of a year of not working. But you know, they were all also like, you know, this is the best thing to do as well yeah. at the same time. So yeah, I know one of the actors had mentioned um, in our promo podcast yeah. episode about his voice and about how he hadn't used mm -hmm. it for this long of a period yeah. of time since the pandemic started. So uh, it was, he got through it and he did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I, they all did. I, I knew they all would um, in the end, which was great. So let's pivot now and talk about writing styles and how can you tell what is Shakespeare and what isn't? Now, I know that you mentioned Pericles was written not just by Shakespeare. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, it was very common. I, I feel back then that, you know, uh, writers did work with each other. Uh, again, I, I've, I've said this before, it was a business, you know, the uh, theater was a business back then. And uh, Shakespeare, first and foremost, was a businessman as well as a writer. He had stock in the company that he wrote for. Um, and, you know, the, the writers that were available at the time, they wrote plays for each other's, you know, theaters, etc. So, um, and they, you know, uh, so he did that. So uh, it wasn't uncommon or it wasn't uncommon for uh, someone to say, listen, this, this isn't working with a writer. And they would come on in. That still happens today. You know, um, uh, Neil Simon was very well known back in the 1960s. Any musical that came out in the 1960s, it'll say book by someone mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. But the book really, you know, that's the that's the script part of it. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the dialogue um, really was usually by Neil Simon in the end. He would come in as a ghostwriter and doctor up. He was, you know, he was the doctor of Broadway, they called him. And he did it with okay. plays, with everything. He knew the craft so well. So, uh, you know, back in the day, I think that kind of happened. So uh, we do know that most, um, that at least we could see where the writing styles are a little bit in question. Definitely Pericles. I mean, it, you you see it's a night and day thing. Yeah, um, talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, you see it in Henry VIII, which we've done. I can't tell necessarily, but it <laughs> seems very clear to you. So how how do you tell these those for parts me, that Shakespeare did? For me, it's because what you see is you see a change in Pericles. And I think it works in Pericles because you go from a younger Pericles who's, you know, brazen and everything. And that's where, you know, our other writer comes in. 
two, when he gets older, he becomes, Pericles becomes more about the psychology in him. It's more about what's going on in his head. It's more about what's going on in his heart versus, well, I'm going to do this next, which is the beginning of the show. It's a lot of very like storytelling kind of a situation. Um, so, uh, and the and language is a bit rougher. I mean, you do see that as early Shakespeare too, and Titus Andronicus, the language is very rough, but you know, it's Shakespeare trying to be what he would become by the end of his career. Cause that was written pretty early in his career too. So he, you, you could see that, um, you, you know, just the character of Pericles, also the, the Marina, uh, scenes as well to his daughter when she grows older. Those scenes are a bit more um, uh, 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 realistic in the fact that you're getting um, Marina's take on things, her her thought process through things of how she's going to be nice, how she's going to use language to to calm people down and get what she wants versus using sorry versus using her body um because uh, she's in these scenes that are with the bod and a bod back in the day would be a modern yes we're gonna have to put another slap another pg mm -hmm. on this prostitute um uh or a madam of the brothel if you would um and i think you know shakespeare really listened to uh, uh colloquialisms colloquialisms mm -hmm. colloquialisms he listened to colloquialisms and uh, you know the theaters were built around where the the whorehouses were the brothels were and uh, you hear that in the language of the the uh, the the bod and the pander and and the, they're very funny, you know. But you could hear that um, you could hear London in that, you know. Even though this play is supposed to be taking place in you know BC and everything else too, and in Greece and everything, it it, it doesn't. It's all takes place in London, no matter how you look at it. So I, I you know Shakespeare knew to do that. He knew um he knew how to listen for those things. You see it when he writes a play called um, The Merry Wives of Windsor. He does that too. He takes that colloquialism from Windsor and from the uh, inhabitants of it and writes this joyous, fun comedy is what he does. And he makes fun of, not makes fun of, but pokes fun of the, um, you know, how people talk and everything. So you see that too. So he was really smart in, that's how he got his audience and especially the the audience who was your, um, your groundlings who, you know, you could pack in there in the, in the pit to stand for a play. And Pericles was actually, um, popular in that it was played a lot, um, but most writers just couldn't stand that it was going on. It was still going and going. It was like the cats of its day, really, is what it was. <laughs> um, or uh, the, like the wicked of its day, I don't know, you know, uh, is what it would be. So uh, you see that there is a very big change by the time you get to about Act 4, a um, little bit of Act 3, but mostly Act 4 is kind of where we see the, the change in the um, way things are written, the way characters react to things. Like I said, I do think it works for Pericles. Um, and in this production, we did have a younger Pericles and an older Pericles, two separate actors playing the younger version of him and the older version, which I had never done and I, I had never seen done before too. So I was worried how that would work out, but it did work out very well, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. it, 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 we did a good job with that. So he, um, so like I said, Shakespeare really, really does a really, really fantastic job, um, like I said, of uh, going more introspectively then this happens now then i go to here then i go to there you know versus so, other writers versus other writers who are like well then this happens here and then this mm -hmm. happens here you know shakespeare uses the psychology to kind of keep things going it's it's you know it's like when you look at a, a rogers and hammerstein 
mm. you know, uh, they're musicals of their time. You know, uh, the music and the, uh, you know, it, it, it fit seamlessly is what it did. It was, you know, they really went with when the character can't do anything else anymore. What do they do? They sing. You know, and that's why you get, you know, in, in one scene, you know, three songs, they, they, you know, they can't do any more. So they sing it um, and it, it worked seamlessly into it is what it did. Where beforehand, you know, the princess musicals, it was like, OK, so we take this little skimpy plot and how do we hang songs that people will know along it, you know, is what they would do or popular songs of the day. So, uh, you know, it, this yeah. has been going on for a while. Yeah, you almost don't even realize <laughs> that, that they're yeah. singing because yeah. it's just so intertwined with the the plot lines and the story exactly yeah and you know and and i think you know shakespeare in shakespeare's day i think it was it is a little rougher when you see that because you know the playwright would pick up and just write whatever or they'd be writing on spec not knowing what was going on you know and the other i don't know what if they had the communication that you know they had in the 1950s for roger hammerstein or the 60s for Niels simon to hey come out to you know, come out to, um, you know, Philadelphia, the show is bombing. We need your help very badly. So another question that I had for you then is yeah. when did Shakespeare write on his own? Was it, people have this, this thought about writers sitting in a quiet room, <laughs> typing away on their laptops <laughs> or whatever, but, uh, as we were just talking about, they write together and they've write, written in different uh, formats. So, were there plays that Shakespeare wrote on his own and just start to finish was all him? And why did he do that versus with somebody else collaboration? I do believe, um, I do believe that he, um, he wrote some of his plays on his own. Yeah. You could see it. You could see comedy of errors. You see Titus Andronicus. You see, um, I, I would give, you know, your, as you like it, 12th night, all of those plays that were in his, you know, wheelhouse there, Henry V. Those plays, yeah, they definitely were were written by him. Um, the plays that we do see that were written as a co-pro, as you would say, um, you know, they were either written because, you know, the company got the play from, you know, the two writers that were you know, the writer that was supposed to write the play and they're rehearsing it. And Richard Burbage, who is Richard Burbage, who is the the, the premier actor of the time, is like, I can't say any of these lines. They're awful. Well, get up here like start writing for us you know shows it too so TikTok buddy uh, you know so that's kind of what would happen you know these plays were um they were written uh is what they were uh kind of you know i think how how we write today you know you sit you write and then it was given to the company and then the writer uh, i i think the the you know shakespeare who knew the company he also wrote for the company too he knew i had richard burbage who you know is a brilliant actor or brilliant at saying my 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 words my text um, so I'm going to write this, you know, you are, yes, King Henry V, it's all for you. I know I have to have something funny in it. So, okay, who's my clown? Okay, my clown's going to be Will Kemp. Can't stand Will Kemp. So we're going to, you know, make fun of him at the same time as, as an actor. But also he knows that Will Kemp is going to take whatever he writes, use that as a, um, as a groundwork, but he's going to do his own thing with what's going on politically and, 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 and everything right now um, in the day. So that's, you know, those are the things he knew to do. Mm -hmm. um, he knew if he had a wonderful boy actor, you know, I, I mean, he must have had wonderful boy actors because you have some wonderful women roles because only, you know, men uh, were only allowed on the stage. Mm -hmm. Women were not. I don't know if any of you know that. 
my third graders all knew that, which I thought yeah. was hysterical. I'm like, how do you all know this? Like, we don't know. We just do. I was like, all right, okay, cool. Yeah. So anyways, I was like, all right. So one of you boys would have actually been playing the original Juliet. What? Anyways, so um, so anyways, uh, so like I said, you know, he must have had some really strong um actors who played women's roles, whether they were the boy apprentices, whether they were, you know, just starting, because he writes some beautiful, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful roles for women. Yeah. So um, I believe. Um, uh, so, so that's, I, I do think that, uh, he knew who he was writing for. I think if they got the play, they got the script, it was actors complaining and <laughs> which actors, they never complain, no. yeah. never, kidding? <laughs> what? um, but it could have been actors complaining and, you know, things were changed for them. But again, you, you know, even today, you know, you look at, you know, musicals that were written, you look at plays that were written, you know, if you knew your star was Ethel Merman, you're going to write for Ethel Merman. Yeah, You're going to write yeah. two hit songs, one ballad. So, you know, you, you went, you go by who you have. And I do the same thing, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll cut a show and I'll realize, you know, we should have put that back in for this actor because either they could do it really well, or you know what, this actor is going to need it. And we, we only rehearse in two weeks. Like yeah. we're not, uh, you know, we don't have five weeks of rehearsing and, and, and getting into it. So really you have to do whatever quickly. And, and they did that too in Shakespeare's day. Well, I mean, just a case in point, you didn't know you were going to have a dog in the play. <laughs> no, we did not at all. <laughs> so that whole scene kind of had to be reworked so that yeah, so that it, we could so get that, the actor yeah. could talk to the dog. And we understood that that was the the daughter that she, you know, that was her daughter. And she was upset with this other, you know, this other kid that she was kind of saddled with. And it made this woman even crazier in my way, you know, or, or a little bit off balance mm-hmm. because she really thought as people, some people do with their pets, that this is actually my my kid um so i thought you know we thought it was brilliant you know we we thought about oh wouldn't that be funny because somehow everybody got a dog during this pandemic yeah, yeah and one of the actors brought their dog with them and i let it happen um uh and it, it was a wonderful dog i mean yeah. really well behaved very cool both dogs were but um mm-hmm. that this dog was particularly and when the dog came in you know we were just joking about oh wouldn't it be funny if she was in the show blah blah blah, blah. and Indeed, we're out uh... afterwards <laughs> and literally i was i was like actually if that was the princess of Tarsus to the queen of Tarsus. And she really thought that that was her child and gets this other kid banned. And, you know, a lot of people came up at the end saying, she really think that was her daughter. I was like, yeah, it works. What do you think of your own, your own pet or animal? Yeah. I think they're my own kid too at times, you know, I mean, well, I think we are good to start wrapping this up. Do you have any other thoughts that you wanted to mention? I have to say, I, you know, working with those five actors were everybody I worked with this summer was everybody hands down it was just such a wonderful year to be back with actors equity um having equity performers with us again um we we had so much fun putting the show together and every single person i worked with this summer um if i worked with you uh you know from the board who worked very hard in getting you know things funded to our 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 funders to you know the audiences to the people at um haynes Mm -hmm. to Quarry Walk to all the businesses at Quarry Walk to Shelton to the Shelton uh, uh, the city of Shelton um, and, and and the mayor's office and of course our actors and and and, and the wonderful uh, community center who got us in last minute when it was mm. so hot out to rehearse um, just everybody uh, has been our lighting designer our, our everybody it was just our sound of course nothing like nothing like uh, some Ivan. Uh, mm. 
it was just a wonderful. And I have to say, I, I went right from teaching right into the rehearsal process. Mm. And I was tired. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through these next now four weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I literally, I literally it. sat there with my hands in my, in my head, in my hands in my head saying, I don't think I could do this. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I was, I was crying on my way to rehearsal. Um, just like, I don't know how to do this. But right when I, right when we sat down and we read the play, I said, how can't we do this? <laughs> um, so thank you all for, for a wonderful, wonderful year. Um, I'm so excited to announce our 10th season soon. Yes. We're excited to announce a future show coming on up as well. Stay tuned to the um, social so media. Stay tuned on those Please. social medias. Yep. Uh, but we're very excited. Thank you for listening to The Bard on the Pod podcasting theater as you like it. This podcast is hosted by Kaylee Mahelko, chair of the board, that's me, and our artistic director and founder, Tom Simonetti. For more information about Valley Shakespeare Festival and this podcast, visit vsfestival.org. Mm-hmm.